Hello and welcome to a special part one edition of Starside Chat, part one of Summer Games Fest. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. Excited. We're, we're doing sort of splitting it up into two parts. So we've got, uh, we're recording this episode before Microsoft stuff. So we're just covering Summer Games Fest. Then tomorrow we're going to record right at directly after the Microsoft and Starfield shows. Yeah. So if you're, I'm undecided how these are going to go up in the feed, which one will end up going up first. But it's, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy that preview, I mean, E3 doesn't exist anymore. RIP to E3. But we have this fake E3, but it's, it's very different. Like previous years, it's always been who's going to win the show. Like PlayStation, Nintendo, or Xbox, and this year it's—I feel like it's kind of Xbox versus Keeley are the two contenders. That is how it seems to be shaking out. I know there's going to be like a Devolver Digital show that already happened. And did it already happen? Yeah. Well, then I completely missed that one. <laughs> um, and then I feel like there was an announcement of another showcase of some sort. Yes, there's going to be a Capcom and an Ubisoft press conference. I believe on both of those are going to be on Monday, I think. I thought I saw there was an announcement for one that's like later this month. Like oh, seemingly yeah. Seemingly a little bit separate of Summer Games Fest because it's so late. Yeah, something is happening on like June 26th or 27th, but I don't remember yeah. what it is. I don't remember what that was. Did you see anything cool out of the Devolver Digital one? They so they had they only showed four games. They showed uh, a Wizard with a Gun, which seems fine, but I don't really like the top-down style. They mm. showed uh, what else did they show? Oh, they showed the Talos Principle Two, which looks like a very cool puzzle game. Uh, they showed Human Fall Flat too, which I played. Did you play Human Fall Flat? Yeah, a little bit because that was a Stadia Pro game at one point, and so I played that a little with my sister at one point, and it was a, that was pretty fun. Yeah, it's a fun co-op game, just as like a fun little co-op physics-based uh, puzzle game. And then the I think the the thing most people are talking about that they showed was a game that I think is called like First Steps. Or something. It's where you're a guy who lives in your parents' basement, and uh, all of a sudden you get teleported to another world, and you have to walk. It's like you remember that game Quop, where it was like very hard to walk. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like a 3D version of that, because uh, that was always on a two-dimensional plane, and so it's like you're traversing this crazy fantasy world, but the whole thing is it's like very difficult to walk. Uh, it's by the guy who made Get Over It. Yeah, well, I, I think he made Quop, right? Didn't oh, did he also make Quop? Maybe he did. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm thinking of a different person, but I thought he did. But but that looked interesting. But yeah, very small show. Uh, what we're here today to talk about, I guess, and mainly is uh, Keeley's show. Well, before actually, before we get to one, I didn't put this in the show notes. I should have. But there was a, another announcement that was sort of separate. Seemingly separate to Summer Games Fest, I saw the creator of uh, Sheepo and that Islets game mm-hmm. that I played last year that I really liked. That was a Metroidvania. He is making another Metroidvania. Oh, that is what is this called? Crypt Custodian. It almost vaguely looks like a Hyper Light Drifter, but like a Metroidvania. Ooh, those are some but, good words for me to hear. 
I kind of like his art style. Um, Islets was very similar in sort of the art style. So I like that I it know. stars a cat. Yeah. I'm into I this. Think, I think Sheepo had a similar art style as well. I didn't play that one, but I really liked Islets. Uh, so I definitely recommend yeah, that Yeah, this looks game. great to me. But Ooh. yeah, this looks pretty good. I just looked at the. I just got to the point in the trailer where they showed the map screen. It looks great. Yeah, so I'm into this. I don't know. Let me see if there's anything on the Steam page. Release 2024 is okay. all that it says. So, this uh, is but good. yeah, that was a cool thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> yeah, this was totally not on my radar. It's very interesting. Uh, but yeah, we can get into Summer Games Fest uh, high level like thoughts initially i think it was a b we talked a little bit before uh we started recording but keely pretty much after every kind of press conference or nintendo direct or anything like that will always on his twitter post like what do you think of that and you you get to choose like a b c d uh as like a letter grade and so we did it for his and the consensus was a solid b i think b was minute uh winning the last time i looked and i think that's accurate it had some good surprises and interesting things. It ended very strong, but it was not like an A or an A plus uh, show for sure. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same uh, thought process there. I think it, it looked there was some cool stuff. It was much better than last year's Summer Games Fest. I thought it was paced better. There were like cooler reveals, and then. Um, but ultimately is short of an A for sure. Yeah. But, uh, what did you think of this? Uh, it started off with a uh, Prince of Persia, Metroidvania, uh, Prince of Persia, the lost crown. I thought this was a cool way to open it. And I have always yeah. said, I mean, I've talked about this many times on the podcast. My, uh, special formula for a good show starts with a thing where you don't know what it is. They just say, take a look at this, or it just is like a cold open. And that's basically what they did with this. Uh, you didn't know at first what it was, and then pretty quickly you figured out it was a Prince of Persia game. But it's a 2D Prince of Persia game, which, I mean, since Sands of Time, I think most of them have been uh, 3D. And they are making that Sands of Time remake, but I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, I like the look of this. I like Metroidvanias now. So this yeah. looks like a high production value interesting metroidvania with like cool moves and cool enemy design so i think this was a great way to start the show yeah i think i'm way more interested in this than i would be if it had just been like another sort of third person ubisoft uh open world style game uh i the only prince of persia i ever played and i didn't play a whole lot of it was when i was a kid we had one on PC, and it was one of the 2D ones. Oh. I don't remember what it was, what, what the specific title of it was. So it was very interesting to me to see this and be like, "Oh, that makes so much sense. Why why haven't they done this already?" <laughs> Just to go back to 2D, but make it sort of a Metroidvania style game. So I, I'm into this as well. I would definitely play this. How do you feel about Mortal Kombat? Uh, I'm not a big fighting game guy. I am not either. I, I respect the lore of these, but I have a reveal for you, Zach. Okay. And this is not a criticism or an indictment of Keeley's show, which, again, I said was a B, but I did 
fall asleep at one point during this press conference. <laughs> oh, yeah? And that is because I fully intended to watch this not live. I was going to get off of work and, uh, you know, get some, make some dinner and sit down and watch this show. But I got to work on Thursday and I felt awful. Uh, I just like had a terrible pounding headache and I was like nauseous. And I went to my boss and I was like, hey, I have to just like peace out. I, I feel very bad. And then I drove home and I got home at like 9.30 a.m. and just like laid in bed in my clothes and woke up and it was like 1 p.m. And I still felt not great, but I was like, I should watch this show. So I rolled over and watched this, but I was still kind of like drowsy and not into it. And there were two or three segments in this show where someone came onto stage. Mortal Kombat was the first one where Keeley was like, welcome uh, Ed Boon. And he showed up and then they just had a conversation. And <laughs> I don't need, I feel like I don't need these shows to have be conversation things. Um, and so during that part, I was like, okay, I'll turn the, the volume down. And uh, I nodded off because <laughs> they talked for a long time, it seems like. And I woke up and they were still talking about Mortal Kombat. It was part of the cinematic trailer, but I legitimately fell asleep for like a minute or however long they talked. Um, and I don't think these shows should include talking. There was definitely a few moments in here where my eyes just kind of glazed over. And though I did not fall asleep, I, the effect was very similar. I would like uh, sort of snap out of it and be like, wait, did they have a release date on that? I need yeah. to rewind and watch it again because I completely just like glazed over and stopped paying attention to whatever was happening. Keely, but, uh, like he loves developers and I'm all, I like Keely. He seems like a nice guy who's very invested in this and gets excited about this. And he's like, a, just like a really sincere dude. But I don't know that the gaming public as a whole is as interested in this like developer talk as he is. Yeah. I mean, we have always talked about how we're followers of Min Max and just like anecdotally, paying attention to like their output you can tell that when they do like some sort of gameplay thing or like an actual podcast show those do well for them and when he does a developer interview there's a noticeable drop mm. in like his views I and think i think it is a little ju just because like the people that are in the industry find that stuff really interesting but like general gamers are a little bit more like, show me the game. Yes. I don't need to hear some developer talk about this. There's a time and a place, and if you're very interested in a game, you will seek out developer interviews. But for a press conference, again, my tried and true formula, uh, the middle part of the show should just be game, 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 game. Where like so yeah. maybe someone will stop for a second and be like, let me talk to you, let me talk to the audience about this game. But I don't think there's any I, place I, for two people talking to each other while we watch them. It's a little bit like um, if maybe if they were doing it sort of Nintendo Treehouse style where there was like gameplay happening and yeah. the person was talking about that, that might work. But you can't really do that in a Summer Games Fest stage show format. And I think that's Keeley just being like trying to make it feel like old E3. Like remember developers used to come out on the stage yeah. and that was like a cool thing that happened. But the missing element of that is they didn't just come out on stage to talk for a while. There was like somebody there with a controller in their hands and they were playing like a live demo. Yeah. And that part is missing. 
if if there was a live demo element that would be cool but to just have somebody come out and talk about their game a little bit the game seems fine again neither of us are really fighting game people but uh i mean it seems like they're still doing their thing with mortal kombat they've introduced like a tag team or it's not tag team system but you have your main person you're fighting with and then the gimmick of this one is you also pick like a side character kind of like a marvel versus capcom thing where they come in to help you and that side character is designated to a button and then it's kind of like smash brothers rules where if you do like forward that button or like down that button they'll do a different move so it adds like a secondary move set and adds like a bunch of combinations because you can mix and match i think like every character with every other like side character that's interesting that so that is the way the the fighting game genre is going like because uh street fighter 6 just came out recently and like one of the things they do in that game is there's like a, a modern control scheme that basically simplifies the moves and makes them feel uh kind of akin to uh smash brothers and so that way you can have somebody like me who doesn't play a lot of fighting games can get in there and kind of understand the controls. And rather than thinking about how the controls work and what to do with that, you can just process the fight itself and think about when to use your moves instead of like, okay, how do I pull this off? Which is makes those games way more accessible. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting. Street Fighter 6 did get a shout-out after this, uh, but it was a weird one. Uh, if you will recall, there's that Exoprimal game that came out. Oh, yeah. Where they were talking, where, like, just, like, gallons of Velociraptors get dumped onto city streets. And well, the, so them. a beta happened. The full game launches, I think, in July. But they showed, like, a robot version of some of the Street Fighter 6 characters just, like, dropping into this zone and fighting a T-Rex. <laughs> uh, which was cool, but I think it was mainly there to set up like, hey, crossover crossovers are cool. What about this crossover? And then Zach Nicholas Cage came on stage. It was a weird segment because it, he didn't have a lot to say, to be honest. He seemed excited, at least. I mean, uh, I was watching the Midmax coverage of this, and they were immediately like, "Oh, this is like that Al Pacino thing, but like not as hard to watch." Well, yeah, I, the Al Pacino thing. I think that was just here's a famous person mm. to give away an award at the Game Awards. Yeah, it wasn't like, "Oh, this is you know somebody that's actually in a game." Now. <laughs> I was a little bummed out because when they revealed this uh, Nicolas Cage Dead by Daylight crossover, I thought he was going to be one of the like monsters. He was going to be like killing people. But yeah. I guess it's just someone you can play as, as like a survivor, which I think is less cool, but still interesting, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, they should do a Renfield tie-in where he, he reprises his role as Renfield. I don't even think it needs... I thought it was... Enemy. I was really excited for it to be, here's Nicolas Cage. Just Nicolas Cage. He's playing himself, but he is going to try to kill you. (laughs) That almost does make more sense than, and is more exciting than just him being a character that you can play in the game. What else do you want to shout out? What else stood out to you? We should talk about Final Fantasy VII last, because it was the last thing. 
Yeah, not to spoil that reveal, but they did show a bunch of stuff like kind of rapid fire. Like they had Path of Exile 2, some game called Witchfire, and then there was some like VR shooter. Yeah. And then Sonic Superstars. Yes. How did you feel about this? I'm pro it. I like it. I, uh, yeah. I liked uh, Sonic Mania when it came out. And I will probably pick this up because I like classic Sonic and I don't hate the art style of this. Um, you get to play as uh, Knuckles, which I would always play as Knuckles in the originals because I, I had that uh, Sonic and Knuckles extra cartridge that you could plug other cartridges into. Um, but yeah, I, I this was a highlight for me. I, I will definitely pick this one up. I like a 2D Sonic, I have to say. What about you? I don't have a lot of experience with Sonic. I didn't grow up with uh, Sega consoles, so I'd, I'd never really played much Sonic. But this one did seem kind of cool. It, it seemed more interesting to me than that Sonic Frontiers game. Yeah. Uh, it is coming this fall, so big question mark is how close to Starfield will it drop? Next up, they they had this game called Sandland. This looks cool. Art style to me. by Akira Toriyama. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Tell me what you thought about this. I like Akira Toriyama. Uh, I am a big Dragon Ball fan. I think I actually might like Dragon Ball more than Dragon Ball Z, um, just because it's uh, more dumb stuff happens in it. <laughs> um, but this looks cool. I it's like open worldish. It seems like uh, I like. I don't know anything about the comics or the if there was an anime adaptation. Um, but I like the idea of getting mech suits and having like vehicles. It almost is like uh, Tears of the Kingdom esque, where you're like in a big open world and you're creating or like getting in vehicles. Uh, I love the art style of it. Uh, this is something I might check out. What about you? Yeah, I, I was into it as well. I I like Akira Toriyama's art style, and I think a lot of people maybe initially suspected like was this Dragon Quest twelve or mm-hmm. or whatever the next number is, uh, but no, it's uh, something completely different. Uh, but I, I'm into it as well. Uh, I'm not super into Alan Wake. Yeah, so this was the second part, the second uh, like interview segment, which again. I think there were three of these, and i that's three too many for me. Yeah. But he brought on, uh, I think, Sam Lake, and they talked about it. I honestly, this was another part where I kind of, like, closed my eyes for a little bit because I was still not feeling well. Uh, and then they showed a clip, which seems cool. I, I love Control, and Control is uh, very near and dear to my heart, but... I, this is technically in the same universe. There was a, an Alan Wake DLC was the second Control DLC. And so that's cool to me. And I wonder if towards the end of this game, the like director will show up. Wouldn't that be crazy? But uh, it also seems too scary for me. It looks like it is going to be like a tried and true horror game. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to go back and play Control. It's so uh, good. I just haven't done it yet. This, the, I played the I played Control, and then I played the first DLC, which was very cool. It gave you a choice between a new power. Uh, one of them was like making crystals. I forget what the other one was. Um, but you went like to the basement, and it had like it was maybe like a two or three hour story. Uh, I liked it. I didn't pick up the Alan Wake DLC, but Control is great, and I love Control. Did you play the first uh, Warhammer Space Marine? 
No, I have never played any Warhammer property, actually. The only one... I think I did start the first Warhammer Space Marine. The only one I've spent any, like, even relatively significant amount of time with is that um, one that came out last year. It was sort of a co-op game that I can't remember the name oh, of. Oh, Vermintide? No, it wasn't Vermintide. It was like Vermintide, but it was like a different setting. Yeah. Was it something tied? Might have been. I don't know. It was on Game Pass, yeah. so I played a little bit of I it, but it did not. About. It didn't run well, so I <laughs> stopped playing it. Uh, but uh, Space Marine Two does seem cool. Uh, people are super into it. Um, I, I don't know if this is like. It is like the second of a game, so it, I never know like when is a good time to get into Warhammer because <laughs> yeah. there are so many Warhammer games, but. It does seem cool. Uh, and then there's John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Yeah, this was weird. It seems like yeah. they... It's vehicle-based, it seems like. they're In the in the trailer, they're driving at least like four different vehicles. One of them is like a, an ambulance. So it almost seems like a thing where you're constantly swapping vehicles. It, initially, I was like, okay, you always have your one big Humvee, and that's going to be your thing. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. It also seems to be... A Left 4 Dead, like, four-player co-op style thing? Yeah, I, this it seems years too late for this kind of yeah. A game. Yeah, they put that John Carpenter name on there, I think, hoping... I don't. Who knows how much actual involvement he had in it, but... Um, I, think I mean, we're my done question with is... Zombies. Yeah, how did that... What was that one that was, like, an Evil Dead game... Evil Dead, some was it just Evil Dead or was it Evil Dead something? I don't remember. But that was also like a co-op survival game like that. And I don't think that made a huge splash yeah. either. So I don't know that just slapping John Carpenter's name on it is going to suddenly make this a, a big success. But. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was not super wowed by this, I have to say. Yeah, uh, I do like the look of Baldur's Gate 3. Yes, that's going to get a full release. It's been in beta for a while, but they, I believe, announced it's coming out on the 31st of August, and they revealed a new voice actor, Jason Isaacs, is going to play Gortash. <laughs> yeah, so you're definitely going to play this, you think? You know, I, I, I liked... Uh, what was that? Divinity the Original Sin 2. And I played that a lot. And I think I probably will pick this up. I love Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm interested to see. I've remained pretty, like, uh, spoiler free about this. Um, just because I'm not, like, super interested in watching people play the beta right now. But so that means I, I don't really know how they've implemented a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons uh, systems. But I think they've done it in cool ways. Uh, I think I probably will pick this up. It's coming out. This isn't a Game Pass game, is it? That's a good question. Uh, originally, the very first trailer was, was a Stadia, Stadia trailer. Yeah. So, R.I.P. So Stadia. I don't know. I don't know what to think of like what platform. I don't think I would get this on console this. though. I think I, I this type of game. I feel like you need to play it on mouse and keyboard. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I, I think it will. I think it'll be very good. I, I have confidence in the studio. Yeah, I think a lot of people will, like, it'll be up there for them at, like, sort of top 10 game yeah, of the year I think discussion. Uh, speaking of games that'll be up there for 
game of the year discussion, Spider-Man 2. This is your third developer talk. Yeah, another developer talk. This was probably the most lackluster thing because at least with Mortal Kombat and Alan Wake, they had new footage to show. But this was sort of just a rehash of the stuff we got at the PlayStation conference a couple weeks ago. And they didn't even show all of it, and it was it was mostly just them talking with like no new footage. But they did reveal a release date, which is October twentieth. Yeah, they had that, and the the other thing that made the crowd get very excited was there was like a still frame of the two Spider Men like fighting um, Venom. What's Venom? Yeah, and so I don't know that they had shown that previously even though it was like everybody knew he was going to be in the game yeah i mean he was black suit in the last trailer yeah but we hadn't seen like the separate venom or whatever yeah exactly so this was it was sort of the first time you'd seen that even though you kind of knew what to look for but uh pal world what do you think of this game i love it (laughs) i'm all about it pokemon but with guns pokemon with guns which is how he described it um it seems cool. I I want to watch people play it. I've never played a Pokemon game because like collecting monsters isn't really my bag. But uh, I don't know how much collecting monsters is going to be in this, and how much like shooting monsters is going to be in this. I'm a little surprised that Nintendo or the Pokemon Company haven't just outright sued these guys because yeah. some of the creatures in this game are just straight yeah. ripoffs of characters in Pokemon. I am so, so curious, like, what the actual gameplay of this is. Because right now, from all outward appearances, it looks open world and, like, you're just, like, going around shooting stuff up. They've shown so many crazy scenes in the trailers, like, assembly lines where Pokemon are, like, constructing AK 47s and, like, <laughs> an assembly line. I, I have no idea what the story or the gameplay of this game is going to actually be like, but I am so curious to see. It's surprising to me it's actually coming out and is a real game, but they said it's going to go into early access in January 2024, so maybe we'll see some stuff about it in like seven months. I don't know. Yeah, Game Awards time. Yeah. There is like, uh, I feel like a subset of people that are like, I, I'm out on Pokemon, even though I grew up with it, because it hasn't, the series has not aged with me. Yeah. And there are developers that are like, we can really, like, we can reach out and grab that yeah. audience. And so they're trying to do weird stuff to sort of they're going get, full the, weird. get the people that grew up with Pokemon, but have maybe fallen off of it back into it by doing like a weird twist on it. Uh, Lord of the Rings was Return to Moria was the name of it. Yeah, this Coming seemed interesting fall to 2023. me. This seemed is it like a an actual game as opposed to that Gollum game? Yeah. <laughs> is this just going to be like a Lord of the Rings themed Deep Rock Galactic? You think this looks more city builder to me, like uh, like a Valheim type of a thing, almost like that, where like you're mining, but you're also are building out your city because it, it, to me at least, it looks like you're retaking over Moria and you're you're constructing your little settlement. So I think like settlement management is going to be a big th- thing in this game and. I don't know. This could do fine. I I think it will do better than Gollum, I will say. For sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. What do you think about this Like a Dragon? Like a Dragon Gaiden. I don't know much about it, but I I like the Yakuza yeah. series. It looks now. cool. So 
I am into it. it. It is coming out, I believe, in November. Did I see that right? Uh, yes, November eighth. Okay, so the, it's a little ways after Starfield, so it's very possible that I will pick this. Now, up. like a Dragon Gaiden, that I think signifies that it's no longer the turn-based. Like a Dragon without a Gaiden, I think is still going to be the continuation of the turn-based style games. But uh, the Gaiden ones are still going to be the beat-em-ups, the brawlers. Uh, and it looks cool. It looks like you have like a a ghostly whip in this one that you can like grab people with. Yeah, it was really weird and interesting to see that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right that they're, uh, the protagonist will be Kiryu if it's a beat-em-up style game. Mm-hmm. But it will be uh, Ichiban if it's... You know, like turn based, yeah. Which I think I, I'm more interested in going back to more with Ichiban, yeah. To be honest, get an interesting but, story. But I, I would, I will maybe play this one as well. I haven't finished. Uh, what was that? Like a Dragon Ishin that came out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I sort of fell off of that because there were like other things to play at the time, and I have not gone back to it. But I should. I, I do. I would like to try to finish that before the end of the year, but we'll see. I'm scrolling through the rest of these, and I I'm not really seeing anything else I want to call out. Other there than... was a game I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was like Lisfanga. That sort of seemed like remind me uh, what this one was. This was that game that's almost sort of top down uh, isometric. You're running around and attacking things, but you can sort of rewind time. And when you do that, the your first actions. Yes also happen so it's a little like that one shooter that came out a long time ago yeah yeah that was sort of like competitive where like you would play a character and you'd have so much time to run around and shoot some stuff and do some things and then it would like reset you at the beginning but the that character that you just played um every action you took would play out but you were now playing a new character alongside of that and so like over time you had like a bunch of people running around doing stuff uh, and so you were sort of reacting to what your opponent had done. I don't know how like a single player version of that mm. will work, but it's interesting for sure. Do you care at all about uh, Immortals of Avium? Avium? I I'm so unsure about how I feel about this game for some reason. Like I'm not anti this game, but I'm not like wild about it either. I did think the set piece they showed was cool, where, like, you're fighting on this giant, like, bronze statue that is a a mode of conveyance, that you're, you're, like, walking across the ocean, and then you're also fighting around, like, in the background, you can see the giant hands of this thing, like, grabbing ships and crushing them. That that was cool to me, but I also, I don't know. It seems like you have, like, some grappling hook ability, where you can sort of, like, grab something and, like, pull yourself up and like sort of jump in that way and you're like shooting stuff Uh, you have all these different like hand powers i don't know it seems a little like low budget generic fantasy movie a a little bit but also like it seems like it might be really fun to play Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm torn on this one yeah i don't know i the the like shorthand for it is call of duty with magic is what they've always said, but I don't know. Something about the the like story of it. I don't know. It falls into that thing where 
I was not super interested in that. Uh, what's that one with the where you're jumping around as that girl? Forspoken. Forspoken. Yeah. And also, I'll say it, and I know this is an unpopular opinion, but for some to some extent, like Final Fantasy 16 is that for me as well, where like this like time period slash like setting it just doesn't do anything for me of like there's a bunch of magic and everything is like knights i don't know why because i love like wizards and stuff but um i don't know i don't know that i'm gonna pick this one up i might i still am undecided about it we'll see once we get closer to the release of that i do think maybe this looks like what forespoken should have been Mm. and not like you know Forspoken's one of like probably the worst games of the year hmm. or worst reviewed games of the year. I think Gollum I don't think is this... the worst game of the year. Yeah, that and Redfall. So those oh, put Redfall, those yeah. three put those three together, and those are sort of the worst uh, received games of this year. I, I don't say... think Immortals of Avium will will join that group. Yeah, I completely forgot Forspoken came out this year. I did too until you brought it up. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that game. Um. It's time to talk about Final Fantasy VII. It is that time. So it's coming early 2024 on two discs. Yes. What did you think of this trailer? I loved it. What a way to end it. Keeley knows how to end a show, and somehow he got this trailer, uh, and it was like three and a half minutes, and they showed so much. You're someone who hasn't played the original Final Fantasy VII, right? Correct. For someone like me who grew up with it and has played it like three times over the course of like elementary school, high school, college, um, what a great showing this was. They showed Junon, they showed uh, the old man guy, Bugenhagen, and he, where he's like telling you about stuff. They showed Calm, they showed the Chocobo Ranch, they showed so many things. I haven't looked at any of the reaction videos where people are speculating about what this means for the major story because I'm not interested in that. I want to just experience it. But well, very, uh, very clearly, that it's like the multiple timelines yeah. type of a thing because there, there's like a shot very early on in the trailer where you see like uh, Barrett and Tifa on like a stretcher being pulled away. Yeah, and I don't know what that means. About and I mean, supposedly, whatever their mission was that you did in probably uh, remake, it was probably some sort of failure. Uh, and because there's also a point where I think uh, towards the end where Sephiroth is talking and he's like, uh, I already killed this woman. So why like why is Tifa like why does she exist again? What's going on? That's here? the big mystery, because in the original Final Fantasy seven. Uh, well, I mean, I will skirt a little bit around spoilers, but there is uh, a pivotal scene where Tifa is dressed up like a little cowboy girl and she is mad at which, Sephiroth. Which I have to say, uh, I'll pause you because I played what was that Final Fantasy uh, game that came out towards the end of last year that was mm. sort of a, a tie-in. What was the name of that? It was like originally on PSP, I think. Oh, Crisis Do you know what I'm talking Core? about? Crisis Core, that's what it was. I replay or I played that for the first time uh, la- towards the end of last year, and you see that scene, like you see where they're at in the the scene in this trailer where Sephiroth is there and um, Tifa in her cowboy outfit like runs up. You yeah. sort of see some of that, so I do think like 
if you're into this, like go play Crisis Core if you haven't yet, because there there's definitely context there that will be meaningful to this game. Yeah, it's, so it seems like th- in this game that scene plays out differently somehow. Yeah, uh, Sephiroth is all over the first game where he was not in the original. Uh, like you didn't run into Sephiroth until basically you left Midgar. Um, he was kind of in the background, but. I'm so curious, and I think we have a long way to go before early 2024. They did not show a lot of stuff that they I was expecting them to show. Like, I was expecting the first Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer to, in some way, reference the Golden Saucer. Because that's going to look insane in, like, modern-day graphics. I don't know how they're going to interpret that and, like, make that into a modern place to hang out, but... You got to imagine it's going to be crazy. And we didn't see <laughs> anything of that. We did see some like Cosmo Canyon stuff. We saw uh, Junon. And I, part of me is like, man, I wonder if it's going to end in Junon. Because you're there, you're going to be there for a while, it seems like. Or at least to me, I, like, this is all me speculating, but it seems like they could really stretch out Junon to be a long period of the game. Uh, I'm so curious. It's like such a question mark because in the, the first one we always knew was going to end when you get out of Midgar. But that's when you step into the open world, basically, in the original game. And so I've got no idea where this one is going to end. But I have to imagine we're going to get a couple more trailers before it comes out. And maybe there will be one where they show off new characters. I mean, Yuffie is now a playable character and Red 13 is a playable character, but... There's a whole roster of people we have not seen anything about. And so I'm so curious if we're even going to get to like Nibelheim or whatever. Uh, Nibelheim or however you say it. I don't know if that would be a place to end it. But I know it's on two discs, which is crazy. And it's, I think, a PS5 exclusive. Oh, that's a good question, actually. I I don't remember whether that ended up being... A reveal at the end or not if but. it is a ps5 exclusive this is the thing that's going to get me to buy a ps5 yeah I, was, I well i was going to ask you if you had played the yuffie dlc but i don't i guess you couldn't because it's on wasn't steam that exclusive now. yeah oh, uh, when it? they released final fantasy 7 remake on steam i think it was uh bundled with the yuffie dlc which i don't remember what it's called but i have not played that i need to play it uh um, intergrade I intergrade think. yeah yeah, it does show just a PS5 logo at the end of the trailer. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have to find yourself a PS5. Is this going to be the best thing of fake E3? I don't know. I mean, the the Microsoft press conference is such a question mark. Things We talked about it a couple weeks ago, but they could show like Perfect Dark. They could show a bunch of crazy stuff that we haven't seen in a couple of years, but... I don't know. This was one of the, this is one of my most anticipated games. So I don't know what could yeah. blow this out of the water. They did say that you won't need to replay or play for the first time the Final Fantasy VII remake before you play Rebirth. Yeah. So uh, you shouldn't feel like you're too far behind to jump into this one. Yeah, uh, but I don't think we had speculated when this was first announced as a three game thing. We had speculated, uh, like, I wonder if it's going to be a Mass Effect style thing where, like, choices will carry over. 
And I don't think that is the case. I'm looking back on Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I don't think I made a ton of consequential choices yeah. where I could have said yes or no that could carry over. So I think it is just going to be standalone. But the other important thing to talk about is it seems like combat is going to be a little different. They have these like new team-up moves where in the trailer a couple times you see like one character like jumping off of another character to pour a combo or like a character will push someone and then Barrett will be there with his gun or something. So it seems like there's going to be some like more deep combat, which I'm all about. I, I loved the combat of the last one. And this looks like a great like addition to that where you can somehow do these like combo breaker things where two, two or maybe even three characters jump off of each other and perform like a super attack, which it seems great to me. How open world do you think this one will be? I I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Um, like, Junon, I think, is going to be a huge part of this game. And I think getting to Junon could be... I mean, it could be like that Final Fantasy fifteen where the first half of the game is just, like, you guys chilling in a car and, like, going from place to place... And then the second half of that game is just like one big, uh, basically hallway that you're going down. And I could see that being the case where, because you're going to get out of, you're you're out of Midgar. You've just gotten out of Midgar. So the next, in the original game, the next thing you do is go to Calm. And then Cloud is like, this is what it is. I'm going to lay it all out for you guys. Let's all hang out in this inn. And I'm going to tell you my backstory or what I believe to be my backstory because I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, like, I think that's definitely going to happen. And then from there, you have a couple different options. You can go to the Chocobo Farm. There is a big white lake that you're supposed to cross that has a snake under it. And I think you're supposed to charm a Chocobo, and then that's how you get across. Or you fight the snake. Then you go into some caves. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. There's so many questions. Like, I had so many questions about the first one, but I have even more questions about this one because... I think it is going to continue to be linear to some extent. Uh, people have said they have spotted the high wing, which is your airship you get very much later on in the game. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate, if they've, they spotted it in the trailer. No sign of Sid. Uh, I don't think I don't think you're going to go to Rocket Town. Maybe you will. I don't know. Um, I think zones. I think it's going to be... A zone that is open, open world. zone. Yeah, open zone, basically. Like that uh, Sonic game that neither of us played. Or did you play that Sonic game? No. I think you're going to do... You have to do Calm, and then you're going to get out, and then you'll have a zone you can hang out in and do stuff in. I think it's going to be like uh, Last of Us Part Two, where there were those two weird zones where you could just like not progress the story and just do a bunch of random stuff. Um, that's my working theory but i'm very excited about it and i want I am to see more. too i am hotly anticipating this game and this was is definitely up there for me like with uh you know zelda and starfield this one's like yeah. right up there with those so i'm very excited about this early 2024 who knows if it'll get pushed back we haven't heard a lot about it so maybe they've got their nose to the grindstone they have the engine at least so like they can build on the engine at least that part is done for them I mean, most of their background character models are laughably similar. I feel like in the first game, I saw the same woman walking around Midgar a bunch of times. So <laughs> maybe they can yeah, just you'll like have some of that. I think it's going to look great and I think it's going to play great. 
and I hope they can hit this mark of I, I'm going to guess right now March, uh, not January or February. I think it's going to be in March, um, but I, I really hope they don't push it back. Yeah, I hope they're able to make this uh, early 2024 window as well. Um, I know like there was some speculation or, or questions as to whether they would even show this game yet uh, because like I mean a lot of people were wondering what was going on with it but I think uh, to some degree there was like well, let's wait until we get Final Fantasy 16 out the door but um, it's falling in a weird space where you have like Summer Games Fest just ahead of the launch of Final Fantasy yeah. 16. So maybe they're just like, ah, this is fine. Just go ahead and show this trailer now. Even I, though I Final Fantasy 16 isn't out yet. Yeah, I am too. I think I, it plays I, to I a different audience. That's true as well. I, I think you could be super excited about, uh, in your case, uh, very excited about this one and not really care anything about 16. So. This is the kind of Final Fantasy that I I want. Like the Final Fantasy 7 where it mixes steampunk with like, you know, it's not really like knights and like warriors and stuff. And 8 it's and like 9. It's like a weird were kinda like future past type of thing. Yeah, and even like, uh, I think, I want to say 12 or 11 Whatever I don't I, I don't know the lore, but lo- a lot of them were this like kind of like future past style technology, which I'm all about and I think is very cool. But just like straight up, I have a sword and shield, and I'm fighting for the king is just not interesting to me for some reason. Well, and combat looks wildly different from what we've seen from yeah. Final Fantasy 16. That's so true. Like you could play both of these games and have a very, very different experience yeah. such that even if they ended up in a weird situation where they had them both ready to go roughly the same time and they wanted to launch them like a little bit apart, I don't think they would necessarily eat each other's lunch just because they, they're, even though they're both Final Fantasy games, they're so different from each other. Yeah, but. I think that's very true. Okay, well, that was, I guess, all we had for Summer Games Fest, unless you had anything else you wanted to mention. No, no, we will, we're going to record again tomorrow, as we're recording this, after the Microsoft and uh, Starfield shows. So, we'll have another one coming in your feed right after this one. Uh, so, we'll we'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, bonus podcast this week, for Here's sure. a prediction I have. Okay. We got the... Microsoft one coming up tomorrow and then there's like an, a Capcom and Ubisoft one on Monday. Monday I bet we'll get a tweet from Nintendo being like we'll look out for our direct on Tuesday. Well so if they have a direct what's their big game? Is it Metroid Prime 4 or is it a new Super Mario like mainline Mario game? I think it's got to be a new Mario cuz it's crazy that we haven't gotten i mean we got like bowser's fury or whatever but we've not gotten a mainline mario since mario odyssey and i just feel like we like that the year we got zelda we got mario and we got a new zelda this year so i feel like we should get a new mario in october you know so in theory they've been working on it just as long as they worked on zelda i would love a super mario odyssey too with and i don't know there's got to be some kind of new gimmick but i would love it even if it was just cappy again but what if I can't even think like it's they're so creative. I, I would love it to be maybe Donkey Kong would be in this one. I don't know. But um, or or what if it was like, a, you know, Super Mario Odyssey, but with Yoshi this time? I would love I would love that. Or Super Mario Odyssey right on Yoshi. 
Galaxy, Super Mario Odyssey X Galaxy, Galaxy, where you still have Cappy, but now they're doing crazy gravity the format stuff is more, Yeah, the format's more like the Galaxy games. That I would, would be a that. really interesting like crossover style uh, mainline Mario yeah. game. That is what they should do, honestly. <laughs> I would love it. Maybe we'll see you on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, and there's been that rumored uh, Donkey Kong game that's going to be like a third-person Donkey Kong game I would that love we've to heard see. nothing or seen anything yeah. about. That would be cool as well if they if they if that is true and they show something about it. But Zach, we need to talk about Zelda. We're 50 minutes in. We got to talk. about We're Zelda. 50 minutes in, and we got like two weeks of Zelda uh, that we have played and not been able to talk about. So. <laughs> Uh, how far are you? What have what have you been doing recently? So I've done three temples. I did the wa- I did wind, water. No, I did wind, fire, water, and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't do the fourth one yet. So then I just kind of wandered around. Now that I have my fully upgraded Pura pad, I've just kind of been wandering in directions and waiting for it to go off for shrines, and just finding those shrines and doing them. So I've maxed do you know out my. How stamina. many you've done? I think I'm in the mid to high 80s, I want to say. Maybe 90s. Okay. But I've maxed out my stamina. I still have not gotten to the second row of hearts. You have so many hearts in this game. Uh, but I, I did that for a, a good amount of time. And then I was like, I'm going to go. I got to go do this desert stuff. So I got to Gerudo Town. And I just did the thing to unlock whatever that temple is. I don't even know what kind of temple it is. I assume it's like electricity or something. Yeah. Um, and it just appeared out of the sand, and I'm about to start walking towards it with uh, my girl. I have done all four oh of the temples. Uh, I actually completed the water one this morning before we started recording. Oh, so we did it in a different order. Yeah, if you recall, I did them. I, it doesn't. I don't think it matters, but for whatever reason, I thought maybe it would, and I so I did them in order in which they told you about them during the like regional phenomenon quest like start. Mm. They're like, check out this wind one up there by the Rito <laughs> village, and check out this uh, fire one over in Goron City, and now the electricity one in Gerudo Town, and. And then they went to the water one last. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I did them. It didn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> It doesn't make any difference. You can do them in whatever order you want. Um, the, somehow the water one was the one I found the most frustrating. Not like getting to it or even completing it. It was like talking to yes. the different people leading up to that point. I was going to talk about so- this too. It was so much of like... And the, I don't know if it was a glitch for me, but like my waypoint never updated. So I just had to like figure yeah. it out. Yeah, it doesn't. It, you talk to the people and they're like, oh, seems like something's going on here. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, you should go look for this thing. And But the waypoint never moves. It just stays on the person, the quest giver. And you have and to so do it like, a lot. Like you have to talk to six like, different people. Yeah, it happens like five different times. And, and so I had to look up a guide because I couldn't figure out where it wanted me to go. Yeah. Um, and so I, once I got through that, it was smooth sailing as far as like getting up to the temple and actually completing it and taking out the boss and all of that. Mm. That was fine. It was just like trying to figure out what the game wanted me to do to be able to start it, <laughs> which was so frustrating. So far, that's been um, my least favorite lead up to a it's the only yeah. thing in the game where I've been like, I kind of am not enjoying this. 
yeah, that was the first time playing through this game that I was actually frustrated with the game itself. So, but I don't know. You know something else, and we've talked about this before, but I don't need a button for whistling, and I would love yeah. if instead I could use that down on the D-pad to select hero abilities. Because like yes. the fact that you have to walk up to them, talk to them, yeah. and then it activates is like such a pain. You've got you've got four of them and you've got four face buttons. If you could just hold down on the D-pad and press the button, yeah. Uh, or if it was and then whatever one you used last, if you just hit down, it would just automatically do that one. I would love like it. that. Would be a great system. It would be perfect, but sadly, no. I wonder if in a DLC because there's going to be DLC for this. I wonder if in one of the DLCs, uh, they'll like streamline hero abilities where you can just like fix that because it's crazy to me that that made it through they QA'd this game for over a year and nobody was like hey this kind yeah. of like is bad to do this at no point they were like well it seems like we got that useless horse button that we could probably do something else with it's just like such but. a crazy design choice to have them constantly following you and you have to approach them and then like press a on them to activate their thing but Anyway. The, the only one that they worked out was the wind one because it's yeah. like obvious while you're gliding. They're just like, hey, you can hit the A button at any time and do this. And, and it's like, okay, to some well, extent, that makes sense. The, the Goron one is good because it like automatically latches on to any vehicle. And that as well is like, yeah. that's great. But I would like to use it when I'm running around because it like saves my hammers or whatever when I don't want to have to use one of those to yeah. mine stuff. Exactly. And so you have to track them down and go like interact with them before you can actually... But the water one, wall. I'm never going to use because he's like constantly walking around. And like, if I want a shield, I want it. It should be like the last one where like uh, Daruk's protection just engaged whenever I blocked, you know, like it should just be built yeah. in. That is very true. I, I don't know why it's not. Also, like outside of the temple, like when are you going to use the water ability? Yeah. Well, I mean, the like shield it, is, it, is helpful. The shield is, yeah. So, like you said, it should just activate whenever you shield until it, like, goes away and then it recharges mm -hmm. and comes back. But, like, as far as the, like, throw water at somebody, yeah. like, that it w is only ever useful during the temple itself. Very true. And I think the, the ability you get from the other temple is kind of similar, where it's, like, it's kind of useful during this, but I don't know that I will use it much outside of that. So maybe it's one of those things where you just like go into the menu and turn off those two. <laughs> I'm loving it though. I, I'm still loving it. I played it a little bit this morning and I got to basically the steps of the electricity temple or whatever they call it. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll probably beat that today. But I have seen things on TikTok that I want and I need to figure out how to get them. But I am not going to do that yet. I'm not going to look up anything until I get to a place where I... I've never in this game gotten to a point where I'm like, wow, I don't know what to do next. Because constantly I'll just like turn the camera and there's something to do. Yeah. Especially now that I have that shrine sensor, I constantly am getting waylaid. So until I get to a point where I'm like, wow, I don't really have any options, I'm not going to look anything up, I don't think. There are things like, oh, I want this armor set that I've like looked up mm -hmm. before. Um, and, but I still have not gotten that glide armor set. Oh, really? Maybe I should do that. I love that set. That's great. Yeah. I have not gotten that one. I should, I would, it would be very useful, but, um, have you done any of the like labyrinths cube things? I've not even gone close to those. 
I have only seen them. I have not actually gone and done anything with them yeah. yet. Those I think are going to be pretty cool to do. But I, I, I have did no finally, idea like. I did finally go to the Korok Forest and help out the Deku Tree. Oh, good. And uh, so I, I did all of that stuff. And actually, so I was exploring the depths, and I saw this. And I was like, oh, this is like right under the Korok Forest. Mm-hmm. So I just like ascended all the way up to it, so I didn't have to go through like that horrible process of like trying to find your path through that is the way you do it i don't think there's any other way to do it oh really yeah i think you have to go from below well there you go i did it the right way then how did you like that uh gloom hands fight in that very confined space it wasn't great but it uh like by that point i had like i've most i think i have fully upgraded my barbarian armor Which requires a lot of fighting Lynels, by the way, if you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I have not even attempted to fight a Lynel yet. Well, uh, so you need, like, there are, I think, three different kinds of Lynels. There's, like, the red main, blue main, and white main mm-hmm. Lynels. And the white main ones are the hardest, but you need, like, a certain number of their parts uh, from each of those to, to be able to fully upgrade the Barbarian armor. But I, I at least have, like, a full... Uh, basically combat armor that i can use whenever i get into combat so that's good but also i've like i had fought uh the gloom hands and phantom ganon a couple of times before that Mm -hmm. so it wasn't as like tough and scary as it might have been the first time but um also i have done around maybe 120 shrines so so i am on like the second bar of hearts nice so yeah I'm, I'm getting up there in terms of progression and i uh so yeah it was not a, a particularly difficult fight that time so that <laughs> was good uh also i did uh go to lorelei village and i took out the enemies there yes. and helped them rebuild that was a fun little like side story i uh i got all the pirates but i they wanted a bunch of wood that i didn't have so i've not gone back there to help them start to rebuild yeah it's not super far to go get that so i went ahead and did it Mm. and it it is like it's pretty fun because it's like not at all tied to the main story it's just like hey uh like give us some materials and then help us like rebuild these buildings and so you'll rebuild like the hotel and the restaurant mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, like the shop and everything. And I believe if you just like go back there later, they're like, Hey, thanks. You did so much for us. We will, we're willing to do whatever we can to help you out. And so basically I, th- I think they even like give you some materials or they even let you like sleep at the end for free or something like that. Ooh. So it's a, it's a pretty nice little, side story that i really enjoyed i have to go back there and do it um i was into it though i i the combat is so good in this game and you have so many options in order to like make it way easier for yourself it feels like cheating almost i like when i have a shield and a sword i don't like the two-handed weapons as i agree much. with that i like a because spear I can't as block well. I, I in fighting the lionels a lot i've like gotten really good at like parrying mm-hmm. and so and you almost have to against the Lionel. So like I got to a point where I was like, I'm just not even going to bother picking up two handed weapons. I mean, the spears can be good if you're facing somebody else with a spear because they can hit you while you, you're still trying to get close enough to hit them. So like there's a a place for the spears, I think, but 
the other like heavy two-handed weapons are like too slow yeah. and I never you can't block with them so I don't like them and so I, I've gotten into the habit of especially when I was like grinding Lionel kills <laughs> um, I would go down to the depths and get those like clean weapons yeah. just like the one-handed ones and fuse like some strong stuff to it and so like I would start getting low on weapons I would just go back down there and grab some more uh, and I am I think I only have like two more light roots to get. Wow. So I've pretty much uncovered all of the depths, even though I haven't necessarily gone around and like found everything mm-hmm. down there. Like I have more ex- actual exploring to do rather than just like flying from one light route to the next. Yeah. But um, there is like an area down there. I think it's in like the northeast part of the map. That's like where that sort of swirl island area is if you go down there there's like a it's like mines all the way through there and you take out those little like they look like little baby alligators basically oh, yeah, but yeah. you take those out and each of them drops like two zonite uh zonite and there's like other enemies you can take out too and each of them when you take them out they drop zonite as well i need to but do but there's that. like a bunch to mine as well you can end up with like a ton of zonite from just going through there and then there's a, a shrine at the, or not a shrine a light route at the end of it so you can just uh quickly fast travel back down there and go the opposite way back out whenever you're low on zonite so I, it's like a really good spot i've been that. so bad about that because i upgraded my i got another battery node or whatever like i got a full three bars and then i was just like okay good i'm I'm good for a while and i've just kind of been using auto build which sucks up all your zoni yeah zonite um so i need to go down there and just spend some time and like mine a bunch to actually get more battery life i have maxed out my battery wow so I, I'm good to go on that. I can just like collect the zonite and use it for auto build. But. Well, we'll have much more about Zelda as we progress further. But briefly, do you want to talk about what we've been watching and playing? I've only been, I have only one thing for this segment. So if you have a bunch, go go ahead. I have a bunch of little, like, little quick hitters. So I, for the very first time, I started watching that news radio show. What if a good you show. remember that? I love that show. I had for had for whatever reason had never seen it before, but it's like a mid to late nineties sitcom with uh, Stephen Root and um, Dave Foley. Phil Hartman and yeah, Dave Foley. What and, a treasure like, Dave a bunch Foley of, is! A bunch of people that you'll immediately recognize and be like, "Wow, this show had everybody!" Like, what was going? Why did I not? Heard I love of this before? Dave Foley is so good in that show. He has like such good delivery. He's such like a wry uh, sense of humor in that show. It's so good. But yeah, I love Steven Root. I'm a big Steven Root fan. So that was sort of the person that made me go watch that. And I was like, oh man, there's so many other people in this too. Um, So yeah, very good show. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch that if you are uh, feeling nostalgic for sort of a 90s era sitcom, Mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, And then I finally watched uh, John Wick 4. Did you see this yet? No, I haven't rented it yet, uh, but I am excited to watch it. I, I assume it's great. There are some very, very cool sequences Excited. in this. Uh, I liked it quite a bit, so I, I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, otherwise, I've just been playing Zelda, and I did start uh, playing uh, Company of Heroes 3, which is not the style of game I would normally play. <laughs> uh, it, it's like one of those real-time strategy games, but I've been listening to a lot of that Hardcore History podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Dan Carlin's, 
uh, hardcore history. And for whatever, like one, he advertises the the game on the show for some reason, but I, I just like, it came over me that I was like, you know what? I probably would enjoy that game because I was thinking <laughs> about like history and all this stuff. And so I started playing it and like, I know like the steam reviews are not good for this game. Oh, I don't really? know if it's, I've never heard of this I game don't know. before. Well, so uh company of heroes two, I think was uh, the last one that came out and it was in like 2013. So it's been like a long time since uh, a new company of heroes game came out. Uh, and like the steam reviews are not good. I'm playing it on console because the console edition just came out. Uh, I think the Company of Heroes 3, the PC version, came out in like February or something like that. Um, and people are complaining. I think some of it is like they're used to Company of Heroes 2, which by now has like a bunch of DLC and a bunch of like updates and everything. And so it's like uh, people who are into like multiplayer version of this game are like really into that. But then they they drop a new one and there's not as much content to it yet. So they're complaining about stuff like that. And visually, I I think there's like they almost need to do an update to like add more like contrast and saturation. It Mm. almost looks a little bit slightly washed out. I don't think it looks bad, but people are are, uh, comparing it to Company of Heroes 2 and like the environments look a little bit more contrasty in uh, Company of Heroes 2. But Anyway, I, I've been enjoying it. I think it, there's like two different campaigns. There's like a, a an Italy campaign where you're uh, sort of it's weird. It's like a top down map and there's like a turn based element to it. And then like when, when you go to attack like certain towns, it goes into like the real time strategy. It's like a civilization type thing. No, it's not like a 4X style game. It's more of uh, just like a real-time strategy game. And then uh, there is also, I think, like a an Africa campaign, maybe? I'm trying to remember what the other one is. I haven't started that one yet. I've, been, I've, only, I've only played the Italy one uh, so far. I haven't finished it. But there's like a good amount of single-player content to it. I don't really care about multiplayer or like PvP for this style of game, so... It's not something I'm going to engage with, but I've been enjoying it, uh, which surprised me because I'm not normally into this kind of game. But uh, what about you, Zach? My parents were in town last weekend and I took my dad to see Fast X in theaters. And is he as big a fan of the Fast and Furious movies? Has not seen any of them. (laughs) Uh, actually, I think he saw the night before I made him watch five, uh, cause five, it turns out has a lot to do with this one, but it was great. Vin Diesel is insane. And, uh, the, the, a lot of crazy stuff happened in this movie that I won't spoil, but, uh, top tier stuff. I loved to see it on the big screen. My first, uh, movie since I think, uh, or in theater, I should say since, um, Top Gun last summer. So I only come out for the big ones, but uh, <laughs> loved Fast X. I'm excited to rent John Wick 4. And I think I also, at some point soon, I'm going to rent Avatar The Way of Water. So I will review that when I watch it. But at this point, I have not. I do not know The Way of Water. I also don't know The Way of Water. And I, I, I don't know how interested I am in that movie, but I'll <laughs> listen to your review of it if you watch it. Well, listen to us. 
uh, in the next episode of our podcast where we're going to be covering what possibly will be a, a more uh, game-filled... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think that the Microsoft press conference is going to be better than Keeley's thing is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> so get ready for that. Definitely, because it's, it's going to be part Microsoft show, part Starfield like deep dive. If and you've I'm, listened to this podcast, you know that both of us are very, very interested in Starfield and likely we will get, I, I'm going to call it now they're at the end of it. They're going to say pre-orders open now. And we're probably both going to pre-order this game. And I'm, there's so many questions. I have almost as many questions about Starfield as I have about Final Fantasy seven rebirth. So hopefully they'll answer a lot of them. We'll have a lot to talk about when we record tomorrow. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about uh, seeing all the stuff and then digging into it and talking about all of it. So uh, be sure to look for that episode in the same podcast feed as this one. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. We'll see you real soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.